thank you very much, uh, Yvonne. And I would like to add my voice to Yvonne to welcome all of you who have been able to come and join us this evening. And to really thank God for his faithfulness for the last 24 days. We are almost um, done with the 24th. We thank God so much for the many people that he has used over the period of time, both the clergy and the laity, for the wonderful messages they have shared with us, for the way God has blessed them and worked through them to bless us. So we give thanks and praise to the Lord. I thought Yvonne would, would sing a song at the beginning, but she, she was too shy to do that. <laughs> but oh, we shall know? continue. <laughs> How did I know that you are too shy? Must be the Holy Spirit who has spoken to me. Uh, anyway, we, we thank that we, we are able to be together. And as you mentioned in the prayer, uh, when two or three gather and pray, the Lord is in their midst. The Lord hears their prayer. The Lord answers. He's the faithful God who hears and answers. Sometimes as human beings, we hear, but we don't answer, either because we don't have the answer or because we, we don't take um, the, the request seriously, but the Lord, our Father, hears and answers. So I request that we once again uh, close our eyes and, and pray so that uh, the Lord will continue to, to speak to us uh, through these few minutes that we have. Um, let us pray. Lord God, our Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you, Lord, that you have been teaching us to be overcomers. You've been teaching us to be winners. You've been assuring us that you, you are the winner. You are the winner in all circumstances. And therefore, I pray that you, you will come down this evening and help us to know how to see you as who you are, um, even in the midst of affliction. Lord God Almighty, we know that uh, all of us have had affliction of one type or the other. And sometimes we get so discouraged and feel so let down. But this evening, Lord, you are telling us that you are going to speak to us once again to remind us that you are the, the Lord who gets us through affliction and, and, and overcome for us that which we ourselves would never have overcome. So we worship you, Lord. We invite you. Uh, to come and be with us. We invite you, Lord, to speak to us. And we invite you, Lord, to help those who are trying to connect, to find good, ne good network and to be able to join us. Father, I surrender myself to you. I pray that you will speak to us, myself inclusive, because your word is like a two-edged sword. It pierces both right and left. And so we come before you and trust that you are going to do that for us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So Amen. Um, just for the sake of those who um, joined us a little bit um, after we had started, um, get raised to the agenda, the People's Warden, 
And I'm so grateful to the Lord for the wonderful, wonderful opportunity he has given us during this season to meet daily in the morning, at lunchtime, in the evening, through overnight. We've had such a wonderful opportunity together for, um, for which I'm very, very grateful to the Lord. And I've been so excited um, considering our theme as the province and the diocese this year of um, working in unity and developing one another to maturity. I've been so excited by the level to which our various members of our community are actually mature and they share God's word with confidence, with passion, with conviction. I've been so excited thinking, oh God, this is it. So we can move forward. And as Paul uh, tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, verse 2, my prayer is that what all of us who have been attending have heard uh, in 2 Timothy 2, 2, he says, the things you have learned from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable, some other versions say, to faithful men who will also be qualified to teach others. So what we've heard over the last several days, morning, lunchtime, evening, may the Lord help us to pass it on. May he help us to pass it on and make disciples as he called us to do. So as Yvonne has said, our topic for this evening is overcoming afflictions. Afflictions are sometimes recorded as troubles. And afflictions are causes or what tends to cause bodily pain and mental stress. That which causes you pain, either in the body or in the mind or in the soul. They are a form of suffering that causes that persistent pain or distress. Not a bit of suffering which comes and goes, no, persistent. That persistent pain or distress. And this could be anything. It could be an illness of you yourself or a family member. It could be persecution. It could be physical or emotional abuse. There are some people who were abused as young children and it lives with them. They live in guilt and pain. It could be a relationship between children and parents, between spouses, between workmates, between neighbors, between competitors. And it's like a thorn in the flesh. Something is done or said or, you know, and it, it keeps you distressed. It keeps you in pain in your heart. It could be joblessness. Your parents sold every piece of land and got you through college or university and you are without a job and you are on this street from month to month. That causes you that distress. It could be rejection whether at home or in the community or at work, you feel rejected. Every time you bring an idea, nobody wants to listen to it. It could be just challenging circumstances or unpleasant situations. You know, it could be anything, but it causes you that persistent pain or persistent distress. We call that a friction. 
In fact, in the scripture, that very word and other words which we call synonyms, which mean the same, is repeated 76 times, showing you that it's something that happens across the world, across generations, across peoples. So the opposite of uh, affliction would be relief, it would be comfort, it would be solace, it would be that which gives you joy, which makes you feel at peace with yourself and your environment. Uh, that's the opposite of, 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 of uh, affliction. So as I was praying and thinking, I was saying, this, this affliction, what is the cause? And the Lord took me back to the Garden of Aden. And he helped me to remember that the cause is rebellion and disobedience to God. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, rebelled against him, did what he had told them not to do, there were consequences. Loss of fellowship with God, loss of power to resist sin because now sin took over, loss of free provisions of the basics of life, including food, because they had been put in the garden and everything was there. Now at the fall of man, at the point of sin taking over, even that was lost. The struggle for survival, uh, which God told Adam that it is from his sweat, from his sweat in a very difficult environment, which the Bible describes as thistles and thorns, the struggle for survival, the pain, the affliction and death, all of them came when we separated from the source of life, the source of joy, the source of love, the source of provisions. And so it is something that all mankind faces. And when you look at the scriptures, there are a number of examples whom we look at and feel like I should be like them, but who had their own areas of affliction. The first one I want us to remember is Abraham and Sarah. God chose Abraham. Abraham obeyed him by faith, left his people, decided to go and walk with God, and we call him the father of faith, which he is. But Abraham and Sarah had an affliction of childlessness. Childlessness. Again and again, when God talks to Abraham in Genesis, he keeps saying, but I have no son. I have no child. Will my property, will my everything be taken by a slave? That was a continuous, a consistent pain. You remember that they got their son at 99. So that was a big affliction for that couple. At some point along the way, they got impatient. They tried their human means to get a child. They involved Hagar and you know the trouble that the Ishmaelites have caused the Israelites because of that impatience. However, they repented and waited on, and finally they got Isaac, overcoming, overcoming affliction. Sometimes on the way we sleep, we sleep and fall. Sometimes we hurt, but when we come back to the Lord, he still fulfills what he had promised. 
Another example that quickly came to my mind was Hannah. Again, her affliction was due to several things. Childlessness, living in a family of polygamy, sustaining abuse from his co-wife Penina, you know? And this was kind of a daily experience of agony and pain. But how did she manage? How did she go through it? One, she persisted in observing what God expected of her. Every time it was worship, she was there. Whether her co-wife was going to torment her, she didn't care. She went. She went with her family to Jerusalem annually. She, it's not recorded anywhere that she quarreled and got back to her, to her co-wife. No. Instead, she prayed. Of course, only one time is recorded, but I'm convinced that she prayed continually through this affliction. And hallelujah, God gave her Samuel, the greatest of the prophets that we can think about. And of course, she got other children. She overcame through perseverance, through remaining close to the Lord, through prayer. Then we come down to Daniel and his friends. What was their friction? Their friction was the shame they bore as exiles and captives. The paganism in Bebron was a bigger friction for them. The malice of people around them, the life threats being thrown into a fire seven times hotter, being thrown into a den of lions, a friction. But how did they overcome? They stood firm on God's word. Daniel 1.8 says, Daniel resolved, resolved as a young man. Young man, he said, let come what may. I will not eat this food, which is first sacrifice to idols. I will not miss, mix up myself with what the world's standards are. And they persisted. Of course, apart from being 10 times better than their colleagues at the end of the course, but God's deliverance came through for them again and again. Hallelujah. Then we come down to David, where our portion for today comes from. David suffered the affliction of being despised by his own family. When Samuel came to uh, anoint a king in Jesse's home, they said, well, these are the sons, and David was not one of them. He was in the field taking care of the sheep. The affliction of thinking, of feeling, I'm despised by my family. I count to nothing. Sometimes we come from big families, and some people around us seem to be successful, and they are being talked about all the time, and we feel like David must have felt. The affliction of being hated and hunted by Saul, the psalm that we are going to read, which we have for today, is just showing that the threats by other people around him, the Philistines where he ran to, he had a lot of, eventually his own son, Absalom, the rebellion of your own son, the plot to take over your kingdom. All these things were painful experiences for David. But how did he overcome? He trusted God and praised him in all circumstances. I will say a little bit more when we got the psalm that is attached to today's sharing. We come down to Jesus. 
What were the afflictions that he suffered? Lack of acceptance. They kept saying, this son of Joseph isn't the mother here, isn't the sisters and brothers here. Whom does he think he is? How can he talk like this? Who gives him authority? You know, lack of acceptance. And this was the regular thing for the three years of ministry. Life threats by the religious leaders. Oh, it was not easy for Jesus. But he did not lose track of the focus of the goal for which his father had sent him down. Even when they ignored his message, even when they refused to take the light that he offered, even when there were consequences attached to what he did, and they said he had done it on a Sabbath and they looked for him to kill him, even when he went through physical pain towards the cross and the cross itself, the beating, the scourging, the spitting on, and then the crucifixion, oh, he kept connected with his father through prayer. He kept connected. He kept knowing my father's will is this one, and I will keep holding on. So his goal was clear. He knew his mission, and his eyes remained on it. He continually forgave. He was patient with different people, including Judas Iscariot. Can you imagine? One of the 12. And he kept talking to them so that he could repent. No, he didn't. But he remained patient with them and saw our redemption and our salvation came out of that affliction. Hallelujah. We come to Stephen, one of the seven deacons in Acts 6 and 7. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with wisdom. He's filled with grace. Hallelujah. But he is hated. He is unfairly judged. He is stoned. Affliction. The affliction of his soul that people don't appreciate God's love for them through him. The affliction of his body through the stoning. Can you imagine? You are standing right there. A stone from left to right, north and south. But how did he overcome? He kept his eyes on Jesus. He forgave them. He forgave them. And his impact, the impact of how he handled his affliction had a lifelong impact on the tormentors, including St. Paul. The Bible says he was there. Actually, his clothes, the Stephen's clothes, before they stoned him, were put at Paul's feet. But that testimony of standing firm amidst affliction caused Paul to say, I need to be one of this team. And finally, of course, Paul, uh, mistrust by the Jews, other Jews, beatings, imprisonment, and fair judgment, false teachers, and doing his great work. Uh, the other day, I was so glad when one of you or one of us who shared read for us 2, 2 Corinthians 11, what Paul says, if anyone is to boast, I am one of them. And he narrates the ordeal, the ordeal he went through. But how did he overcome? He kept his eyes on his savior. He kept his goal and his vision in mind to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. In spite of affliction, he never lost that. No, he kept having it in his sight, and that helped him to be an overcomer. So we too who are living now face a number of afflictions, but there, there's a great crowd of witnesses 
that has gone before us. They were human like us. They went through it and won. And so we too can actually win. We can be overcomers. Hallelujah. So let me quickly read through not just the verses that were highlighted, but through the whole of Psalm 34. And this is what it says from the version I'm using. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Hallelujah. Some of us who are going through affliction, let us hear what David went through, but still praised God and we rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to the Lord are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Hallelujah. Those who look to the Lord are radiant. No matter what the circumstances are, their faces are never covered with shame. David considers himself a poor man, although he was a king. And he says, this poor man called, and the Lord had him. He saved him out of his troubles. He saved him out of his afflictions. Yes, the angel of the Lord encompasses around those who fear him. He delivers them. Hallelujah. Whether they are going through affliction, whether they are going through traps, the angel of the Lord encompasses around them as long as they fear the Lord. And so he calls upon us in verse 8, and he says, test and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. The lands may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to bolt out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. He delivers them from all their afflictions. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Yes, the righteous person may have many troubles or many afflictions, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. No one of them will be broken. Evil may slay the wicked. The force of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servant. No one, no one who takes refuge in the Lord will be condemned. Hallelujah. So this psalm 
is an individual hymn of thanksgiving of David. He sang it at the occasion of deliverance. King Saul, whom he was serving under, he had already been anointed king, but he had not assumed office. And so he was working under King Saul. We read this in 1 Samuel chapter 21 uh, from verse 10 up to chapter 22, verse 1. So uh, Samuel, uh, I mean Saul, was very jealousy of David because David was achieving a lot more in terms of winning battles and fighting off, including, of course, the Philistine um, Gulu Goriath. And so he wanted to kill uh, David, this young man. So David ran away from Saul and instead he ran to the Philistine city to kind of find refuge. But he didn't find refuge there either. They too said, isn't this the man who killed our general? And so he narrowly escaped there and he went and hid himself in a cave at a place called Adram. But while he was there, he was joined by other disgruntled people who were really unhappy with the way King Saul was ruling their nation. And right there in the car, in the cave, it is thought that that's where David composed this psalm. Right in the middle of affliction, having run away from your master, having done nothing but being chased and harassed, having been almost killed by the Philistines. In fact, the story shows that he pretended to be mad and they, they thought, ah, this is a madman. He can't be the David we know. This is a mad one. But that helped him to escape. So right there in the cave, David writes this psalm. He writes this song and he realizes it's not my strategies. It's not my wisdom. It is the Lord. And therefore he praises him and he calls upon the rest of the team that joined him there to praise the Lord in each and every circumstances, whether big or small, he calls them to praise the Lord. He says, look to the Lord and see his loving kindness. The Lord hears and responds in love. He responds in sympathy. And so he delivers his people. He delivers them from fear. He delivers them from enemies. He delivers them from tricks. He delivers them, hallelujah. And this reminds us also of Saul and, and, and of, of they were there in prison. They had been scourged and thrown into the dungeon. Instead of feeling sorry for themselves because of their affliction and the unfairness, they started singing and praising the Lord. And the Bible says the prisoners were listening to these songs of praises to the Lord. And the Lord came through, broke their chains, opened their doors, and set them free. So Paul, together with David, are challenging us. They are saying, Affliction are part and part of us here in this world, the fallen world ruled by sin. But let us not focus on affliction. Let us focus on God. When we are looking to the Lord, even in affliction like Stephen, the Bible says as they stoned him to death, they looked at his face and it was glowing. It was like that of an angel because he was, the Lord had made him radiant. He had been brought into the Lord's presence. 
and he had made him uh, radiant. So our victory over affliction is not how many schemes and how many strategies we lay, no. It is knowing that the Lord God Almighty, the King of heaven and earth who reigns, to whom we belong, is in charge. It is knowing that we are living under the watchful eye of the Lord and the attentive ear of the Lord in verse 15. It is knowing that when we live in obedience and righteousness to him, verses 13 to 14, then he is in charge of the rest of the things that happens to us. It is in knowing that once we are walking closely with him, then his angels will surround us and we shall remain strong, as we see in verses 17, 18, and 19. Of his protection. Uh, verse 20 even prophesies about Jesus. He says that no, none of your bones will be broken. Even us, our spirit, our soul, our bodies would not be broken by their afflictions. It was not broken for, 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 for Daniel in the lion's den. It was not broken. So when we keep our trust and our confidence in the Lord, then victory belongs to us because he redeems us. It's unfortunate that there are some who don't share in these, um, in, in these benefits. And those are the people described in verse 13, verse 16, and verse 21. He says, those who do evil, those who do evil, those whose tongues speak lies, those who do not trust in the Lord, they are not beneficiaries of the victory that he gives us as we go through life. And many of the people, when they face challenges, they try to find solutions. Some go into drinking, some go into drugs, some go into consulting with doctors, some go into scheming, some go into strategic things that they think would work and rescue them. Oh, unfortunately, if they do not fear the Lord, if they do not trust in the Lord, those can work for a short time. But the end of it is that they will be slain by those very personal strategies. So my beloved, as I conclude, I would like to call upon us to love and trust the Lord, to be humble, to commit to praise and extol him and to invite others to do the same. To remember as St. Peter's words say in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, that remember that the suffering that you are going through now is common to all brothers across the world to remember that what we are going through is not new and it's not a surprise for our father. No, he knows about it. He's in charge of it. And when he has gotten that which he intended us to get, to learn, to be strengthened in, that trial would be over. When Joseph had gone through proper preparation 
in very unfair circumstances, in the hatred of his brothers, in being thrown into the pit to die there, in being sold into slavery, in being charged with what he didn't do at Potiphar's house, in being in prison for almost 10 years for no case. God knew about that and Joseph remained committed to pleasing the Lord. And in that time, God taught him how the Egyptians behave and the things they do. So when God lifted him out of that affliction, he was able to fulfill his purpose of saving the whole of humanity at that time from famine. So friends, the affliction you and I go through has a benefit. We may not see the benefit at the time of going through the, the affliction, but let's keep our eyes on Jesus who suffered much more than we can ever suffer, then we will be triumphant. Hallelujah. There is a great crowd of witnesses who have triumphed. Hebrews 11 narrates some of them. Some of them we know. They've been here. They've been our grandparents. They've been in our communities. They went through difficult times. They lost all children. They were sent away from home. They were beaten. But no, they did not give up. They stayed firm in the Lord and they conquered because they trusted and obeyed him. So let us trust and obey him. Let us know that we are secure in him. We have a great privilege of having the whole world's king, God being our father. And so we can rest in his care, even when going through affliction, when going through times of no dinner, when going through times of walking from home to work, no matter the distance, when going through times of whatever it is, let us remember that we are children of the great King, that he loves us, that he cares for us, that he hears our prayer, and that at his time, when the right time has come, we shall get out of it with a testimony, with joy. But in the meantime, let's remain positive, Let's keep praising and trusting and inviting others to do the same. In that way, God will be glorified. You remember when uh, Jesus healed that, young, that man who had been born blind? They said, who sinned? Is it this young man or his parents? And Jesus said, no, it's neither of them. But this one happened that God may be glorified. Many of the afflictions we go through and prepare us for eternity. And once we've done that in trust, then we enjoy the benefits. As I close, I want to tell you a small story that I had, which I found very challenging and yet motivating. That there was a young man who used to pass by an old man. And this old man had a very big rock which he had dug up from the ground. And he was busy hitting it, hitting this side, hitting that side, and then using a tape and measuring. And this young man would go in the morning, come back in the evening after work, and the old man would be there day in, day out. So one day this young man stopped and said, sir, what are you doing? You are spending your whole life knocking this rock. What is the issue? And behind this man was a temple, was a church. They had built it, but left some space, some triangular uh, space in there. And they wanted to fill it with a very precious stone. 
And when this old man discovered it, he started now chiseling it out and cutting it out to fit exactly in that space that had been left for this precious jewel stone. And the man said, do you see that space in there? The young man said, yes. He said, I'm here, I'm chiseling this thing, I'm hitting, I'm cutting, I'm measuring, and I'll continue until it fits in there, in that space in the church. Friends, a lot of these afflictions are to, to cut off, to chisel off the things that are not fit to sit with the Lord Jesus Christ in the heavenly realms. In those great rooms he has gone to prepare for us, on those streets of gold, these afflictions are to help us de depend entirely on him. And when he has chiseled out all that, then we shall see the jewel, we shall see the fitting shining stone there in the place that God has planned for it. So as I go through my own challenges, and you do, let us keep our eyes on Jesus, the beginner and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Let us have a short prayer. Dear loving Father, we thank you that there's nothing that we shall go through in this life. There's no affliction, there's no suffering, there's no pain that you do not, you are not aware of. None of those will come to us alone. You walk with us through them, through the waters, through the fires. And at the end of the day, we shall be that shining, beautiful stone in your family, in your house, having lost all the thorns and all the unworthiness and, 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 and that surrounded us as a rock of a saved sinner. Thank you, Lord. Help us to overcome with joy, with confidence like David, to extol you, to sing praises to your name, and to let others know that when we test you, we'll find you wonderful. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Wow, this is so powerful. Let's first receive the message in relation to Isaiah 55. Father, we come into your presence. We thank you for your speaker. You have spoken to us. In, in the area that we are really dealing with, that we are battling with, we accept this message, just as you tell us in Isaiah 55, that surely the, the, the water does not come from the sky and go back without fulfilling what it had come to do. Father, we pray that this message falls on fertile soil, that it will change our mind will change our soul. It will change our perspective on how we deal with afflictions. We thank you for this message of today. And we put our sister into your hands. We thank you for, we thank you for using her as a vessel. It was a really perfect choice. We pray for her. We cover her with the precious blood. We cover her family and all her doings, Lord, that it will be according to you and nothing else. We thank you for this message. We believe that it was really a perfect time. We thank you, Lord. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, brethren, our sister has spoken a lot, really moving um, words. 
And I have picked a few prayer responses. And in the next few minutes, please allow, allow me to go through the prayer responses. And as she was speaking, and actually when she was about to end, it's Proverbs 3.12 came into mind, which talks about that God does not punish the people he doesn't love. So who are we that he has loved us so much that as a parent, he has made us go through certain things to sharpen us. So thank you so much, our sister. Let's pray through the prayer responses. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name for you remain good and you remain good. Who are we that you're mindful of us? Who are we that you have chosen to discipline? Who are we? Lord, that we come into your presence in such a time, Lord. Who are we that you've accepted us the way we are? We pray that you forgive us, Lord. Forgive our iniquities, forgive our shortcomings, forgive us, Lord, where the affliction has been caused by our rebellion. Forgive us, Lord, where affliction has been caused by our hard hearts, Lord. We pray that you forgive us. Convict us, Holy Spirit, in any area of our lives that is bringing this continuous pain that we do not understand. We pray that you guide us, Lord. We plead mercy, dear Lord. We plead mercy over our lives. We plead mercy over the people around us. And even we plead mercy for our country, Uganda. We pray, King of Glory, that you remind us, remind us that indeed you and you alone will help us during this time of need. We pray that you give us the grace, dearest Lord, to remain in your presence, even when the things, when, when circumstances are not going according to your will, Lord. We pray that you help us, Lord, to never go astray. For you say that, that fear, the Bible says that fear the Lord, you saints, for those who fear him will have no love. Father, we pray King of glory that we remain in your presence, Lord, so that we, we do not lack King of glory. Help us to focus on you, regardless of whatever comes our way. Just as you, you've, you've shown us that our, our brethren, the crowd of witnesses that have passed through, they remained in your word and they did not seek help elsewhere because your eyes are towards the righteous and your ears are towards our cry. Father, hear our cry. Hear our cries during the darkness. Hear our cries during the, the day, King of glory. Let us walk in your light, my King of glory. Let us not conform to the standards of the world. Let us be strong just as, just as Paul was, just as, as Stephen was, just as Dan was, not conforming with the things of the world. Because the Bible says that the Lord renders the life of his servants and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Father, we rest in you and we believe and trust that it's only you that will guide us through this valley, King of glory. Teach us to love, teach us to trust, teach us humility, teach us understanding, Lord. Father, we pray, King of glory, that you above all you give us the grace to remain in you. Holy Spirit, we pray that you strengthen us and you remind us of these witnesses that our, that our sister has talked about. 
let us let us remember of Abraham, of Haggai, of Dan, of David, of Jesus, of Stephen, of Paul, and even others, Lord, that even when they went through the, the darkest times of their of their life, that you remained close to them, Lord, because our God is so big, our God is so mighty, there is nothing that the Lord can't do. In First John 4, 4, tells us that surely our Lord is, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. So what should we fear? I pray, King of glory, that you strengthen us, Lord, that you be with us all the days of our lives, O oh Lord, and give us and give us the assurance that surely there is nothing that the, 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 the prince of this world can do against us, Lord. We give you praise, for there is none like you. We give you honor. You remain God, and you've never changed, and you never will. We bless, we bless your holy name. We thank you, King of glory. We worship you. We thank you for this opportunity that you have given unto us to come in your presence, Lord. And we pray, King of glory, that you remind us of this message all the days of our lives. We give you praise and honor and worship. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Um, yeah. As we amen. are closing, yes, amen and amen, amen.